0: Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jen. And and you're you're listening listening to Fathomless. Fathomless. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is. It's actually New Year's Day it today.
1: It is. It is fricking January 1st.
0: I got in my car bright and early yep. and drove down to Providence. Yes, she did. Before the sun came up and here we are. So excited to see your adorable face. Oh, my God. Um, my face is not that adorable today. It is. It is. <laughs> Jen's,
1: having, Jen's having some eye problems. But yeah. She's
0: still cute. I have an old eye injury from a dog and um i've yet to get it fully addressed so um it just flares up every now and then okay. and actually the drive down here sucked because i was like driving east
1: oh yeah sunrise is yep, yep so, sun's rising in
0: the east so i was literally blinded the whole time and i had to like drive with like my hand over my right eye yeah. so i could kind of focus we're
1: currently sitting in my living room in the dark with the curtains drawn and jen has sunglasses on
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but so, she's looking fly as hell, so I it's okay. I showed up for you guys.
1: Yeah, we're here for you guys Yeah, we
0: missed you. You guys, a.k.a.
1: our families. <laughs> <laughs> Both of our families are, like, our biggest
0: I know. Fans. My dad was like, no Christmas week episode. What am I supposed to do with myself? I'm
1: like, oh, my I know. God. Next year, we'll have to, like, find, like, I don't want to say, like, a Christmassy murder because that sounds terrible. But, like, yeah. um, But we'll find something, you know, wintery. Christmasy, And weird. Yeah, you know? Maybe we'll do like a we'll like History of Christmas or something too. Well, there's something cool. You know, like Evil Santa oh my God. or some shit. Because there is. There's like Evil I don't Santas. like that though. Well, it's, you I know, the, wrong way. the Christians just like packaged Christmas as like a nice, happy, go lucky thing. But like, if you look into like some of the the winter holiday traditions of other cultures it's you know it's not so whimsical and there's no frosty the Snowman. let
0: me just say that is there an evil frosty
1: I, don't, I mean probably okay
0: well anyway I don't know we'll see I'll we'll do see. some research
1: I'll get back to well, you on
0: that yeah next year next year <laughs> um well Christmas was good I had my family over I feel like I was focusing way too hard on like getting the food out and hot all at once but um I think that's how it always goes yeah, you just want to get everything, time it out so everything's hot and ready on the table at the same time. But That's you have perfect. limited counter space. You know, one oven. How
1: did you get everyone? Because you have like your table is set up for two people. So like my how... stepmom
0: brought um like a fold up table and chairs. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I was curious about. I was we still I was were gonna, short like, hang one out on the sectional. Yeah, we <laughs> still were short one chair, so we had to use Andrew's office chair. But everyone had Could a place worse. to sit, so it was fun. Yeah, and um, we did, like, those, like, goofy, like, gag gifts, like, everyone buys stuff, wraps it up, and we go in a circle and, like, we pick it out. I mean, I was not told of this memo by the rest of the family, so I had presents for everybody, but, like, I didn't have, like, the fun, like, gag, gag gifts. Gift. My dad, literally, like, for his, he went shopping through the cabinets, like, we were pulling out, like gummy snacks and like cake cups and like ridiculous. I'm like did you, just wa- do that. I love that. did you just walk around the
1: kitchen she like went to the pantry found Literally. things that he was like ah yeah I could do without a couple of these and just put them in a box
0: yeah that's what he did oh,
1: perfect yeah. but um Icon. what'd you do for Christmas so I mean you know my family's huge I I mean for those of you who don't know I know most of my siblings listen but I have four sisters and a brother so there's a lot of us and Everyone keeps having kids, Uh, so it just keeps growing and growing every year. I know,
0: and a new one was just announced. I know, a
1: new one was just announced. My sister. Congratulations, Lindsay. We're so excited. I love you all. I love you all. so much. But uh, we get together, like, several times during December, Uh, earlier on this, like, in December. uh, We had a pajama party at Faith's house. Shout out to Faith, our number one fan. We love you. I love you, Faith. And, and your
0: house I need to come back to your house <laughs> yes anyway um
1: but so we do like a pajama party at Bates house every year and that's a blast and that's usually like the big celebration and then we were supposed to have a gathering on Christmas Eve but then half the family was sick with COVID no so we did you know we took a week to ourselves and then we actually got together last night had a big prime room dinner that's
0: awesome yeah, I didn't do anything last night for New Year's. We um what do we need Andrew to do? I think we were in bed literally at like six thirty.
1: Okay, but did you watch Rudolph's Shiny New Year? No. What? Does it is it streaming on Hulu or Netflix? No, I actually no. I I rented it for two dollars. You on, would? Um. YouTube. You would. you would. I honestly I probably have it on TV somewhere somewhere in this apartment but dvd vhs i have a vhs and dvd player right there it works Come yeah on. i need a dvd player you can watch any i have a bunch of disney movies i have disney musicals yeah. um you i know, don't know
0: these. i do but i was never that good of a karaoke yes It's Disney, so karaoke,
1: i watch so i watch you do
0: disney karaoke i went to
1: uh, emo karaoke night uh weeks ago i don't know if i told you about that no, or even didn't. mentioned it on this but no. it was amazing did you sing like I all not. the taking back I, sunday um, songs and... i mean like i sang with the crowd but i did not send them i yeah. have not been on a stage since like since ninth grade probably singing in front
0: of a crowd i won't sing in front of a crowd i won't i'm not a karaoke person i will not do karaoke
1: the only people that hear me sing are sean because he's always in the car with me and then you know my shower head the cats, my shampoo, and the cats. I yeah. sing to the cats, that's, I that's the cats. it. I sing to the cats, and that is it. But what'd you get for Christmas? What'd you
0: get anything exciting? Um, I mean, I wasn't really expecting anything because, um, oh, I'm what? Getting...
1: as an adult, I'd never expect anything. I'm well, my wedding's surprised.
0: this year, it's officially this year, it is. Um, so I didn't really expect my parents to give me anything. I'm also 30 years old, so again, right? like, yeah. I don't have kids, so I mean. I wasn't expecting anything, but I knew that they were going to come through just because they're good like that, but I just got some money so.
1: Um, yeah. My dad gave me the greatest gift ever. He reviewed my triple
0: for me. Fuck for yeah, year, my, my like, dad reviews oh. my AAA for me well, too every year. Love you. <laughs> Thanks dad. Um, but no, me and Andrew didn't do Christmas this year because we just bought a house and like every extra dime that we have goes yeah. to the house. So, we, we both just decided like we're not doing Christmas for each other this year. But I bought myself with the money that my dad gave me. Um your Christmas present was your
1: house. It just pretty much came early. that's what he says. That's yeah. what he says.
0: But I bought myself a new desk for work because I work full time from home now.
1: Love it. yeah, so
0: I'm loving it. i'm I'm loving it. Yeah, my it's... boss actually called me um like Christmas Eve, and um I'm gonna be making. A little bit more than what I was yes. originally told next year. So that was great. That was awesome. Um, it's probably because
1: he was like, damn,
0: this girl's an amazing
1: worker. He and told he's me, he's like, you're so, or-. Oh. that's literally what he said.
0: He's like, you're so organized. And I'm just like, so my boss, he's on vacation right now. And I planned this whole vacation for him from like front to back, like, like car ride to the airport, to the car ride home from the airport and everything in between, like, you name it, I planned it. And so I had to write up a whole like itinerary for him, like here's your um car service time here's your flight time here's your taxi service here's a confirmation number for everything your air dinners dinners every night like everything and I told him straight up I was like look I you're going on vacation I'm having anxiety about your vacation I'm like I, I plan this whole thing the last thing I need is for something to go wrong and for you to call me from where you are and seriously hire Jed for all your organizational needs she is a
1: I know, but like
0: when it comes to like other people's like money and like another person's like vacation, and he likes the finer things in life. So, (laughs) and me, I'm just like, where can I save money, right? So so he's like, um, I'm looking for like an Airbnb between this amount and this amount. I'm like, oh, you have some money to spend, like okay,
1: my house, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, um, I was just nervous he was gonna call me from where he was but he's coming home today and I haven't gotten a phone call so I think everything went well. That's good. <laughs> but um, I think that was it for holiday stuff. I mean that, we didn't really yes. do much else. It was pretty uneventful. Yeah. And uh, but we did do a true crime news episode
1: yeah, we did. When was it? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, a I don't few weeks remember. ago. A few weeks we ago. Have some updates yeah.
0: for that. So um, why don't you go first with The Boy in the Box?
1: Yeah, so I know we posted it on our Instagram when they announced it. It was like a week after we released the episode. But I wanted to, you know, also announce it on here. We will do a full episode on The Boy in the Box. I'm hoping we'll get, you know, because they're still looking for more information. So I'm hoping we'll get a little I bit more. I hope they can find
0: it. It's do been it in 60, 60 years, 70 years. Yeah it's like been that. a long time a very long time. yeah and i i also um was, uh, 57, i also so. haven't heard any updates on lady of the dunes but i mean it took this long to identify her so
1: yeah so see we, when we get more information The boy in the box is actually joseph augustus zarelli i'm hoping that that's it that seems right um for the last name so we have a name we know that he was born January 13th, 1953. Oh my God, his birthday's
0: coming up. died
1: February 25th, nineteen
0: fifty seven. So. So sad. Very, very sad.
1: I know. Such I feel a like little his, boy. his
0: parents are definitely, I don't know, they might not definitely be long gone, but they're old if they're still around. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: So um, I'm wondering why no one ever came forward about. That is the honestly one of the biggest questions and that's always been one of the biggest questions of this case because they like it was just a baby boy and nobody came forward for years and still nobody came forward the only way they found out his name is through genetic testing um i was looking up
0: the bella bond case because i I want to do that um do you remember baby doe bella bond um she was a girl who was Two years old, and her body was found um, washed up on was it an island in Boston or somewhere in the Boston area? And she was on billboards, and nobody nobody came forward for months. Yeah, and it ended I up the, because her parents had some, yeah her parents had something to do with it, which is
1: just so comparable. I'm
0: wondering if no one came forward about
1: Joseph because they had something to do with it. Yeah, It that's more than likely what happened, but. We'll have to do uh we'll have to do that yeah um, I'll start doing I'm hoping more information
0: yeah start your research and then because I have cases in mind that I need to start my research on because I know they're gonna be I'm gonna research them for a while yeah. before we do that take like, some time yeah I bought this book um it's actually I think it's a well-known book it's called Not Without Peril it's a book about yeah, I've heard of that yeah um people that have climbed the White Mountains and unfortunately you know perished while doing so. Yeah. And it's pretty common. And yeah, a lot of times, I mean, there's
1: crazy like weather that. up there sometimes when you get to those high altitudes. And if you're just like Emily Stiletto, the girl that passed last yeah. month. That Do was... you see I saw another guy in the news was yep. just found in Andrews a gave me similar up- area Andrew's gave Same me updated thing. and all
0: that. He's like another person in the White Mountains and I'm like, "Wow, you're in your true crime research lately, babe." Thanks. <laughs> I mean even <laughs> that's helping <not> me out. <laughs> crime necessary. It's a missing it's person. Tragic. It's a missing person and it, even if they were found because of an accident, I feel like that that's going to fall under the category of our podcast because yeah. mystery. Mystery, um, missing people just because it wasn't like a murder doesn't mean we can't yeah, do our podcast, but I don't know. Exactly. There was just like one comment on something that you sent me. It was just like, just because it was an accident or a missing person doesn't mean like I, I just want to put the stuff yeah, out there. I want to put it out there. Up. Exactly. But yeah, no, I'm going to do an episode on that, on the White Mountains and stuff. So that'll be really cool. But I need to start reading that book so I can My start the research. Climbed Mount
1: Washington. Steve Cobb did. did you Steve know that? Cobb. Yeah. Champion. You can go Steve Cobb. We love you, Steve Cobb. Didn't do the bus up. He oh he shit. doesn't
0: did he um put the sticker no Do they have stickers for people like i i climbed
1: mount washington I mean, because you see it if you're from ago, new so england doesn't have it i know he has pictures of himself at the top of the i mountain. want to see
0: those but um if you're from new england you know those bumper stickers this oh, yeah. car climbed mount washington <laughs> honestly so
1: i've never done it myself but i have heard that that ride is fucking terrifying yeah
0: i'm not driving because you're the like flip. right you're, You're right like, on right, the right on the edge. No, nope, I'm not doing it. it's, like, a
1: two-lane thing, and they have big-ass buses coming around, and it's nope. really not a road that's made for two lanes. I'm not going up there. So, like, I just, and I have, like, bad depth perception as it is, so I would probably just be, like, in the fetal position the entire ride up if I had to no. do that. No, I'm not doing that.
0: I'll
1: I'll drive up, like, Cathedral Edge in North
0: Conway. That's a little steep and scary, but you're not, like, gonna drive off the edge of a mountain.
1: (laughs) I do know that at the top of Mount Washington, though, there is, like, a little, like, there's, like, a little building that is for, like, a a weather facility, basically. Oh, yeah? And there's a cat.
0: Oh! Yeah. Well, maybe I'd go to see the cat. Right? That would be the one thing that would get me
1: up there. Seriously.
0: Um... And then like one other thing we want to touch upon, obviously it's all over the news right now, um the Idaho murders. Yes. They have finally arrested a suspect. Yes, their main in Philadelphia. suspect. Yeah, well he was he's from uh, Pennsylvania. That's where he was from. He's he grad I think he graduated with his bachelor's out there as well, but um, anyway, he was studying his PhD in criminology, right? Yeah some criminology one of those fields at um a school only 10 miles from moscow idaho which is just yeah and um -hmm. i actually saw a tiktok video this girl was um in a class and he was like the teacher's assistant in that class and she's like this guy's creating my papers and he goes and like murders four fucking four people. people like four innocent people so i have a article pulled up on him um can't really read today because of my eye, but um help. no, it's okay. I got, I got it. Okay. Uh, his name We're is Brian Christopher koberger and he is a 28-year-old from Pennsylvania, and that's their main suspect. Um, I'm just trying to scroll to this article because honestly, like does it have a picture of him? I oh saw, like, yeah, there's picture. pictures of him all over, and he kind of looks like this article's not loading. Oh, there it goes. Um I'm just reading the article. Hang on, you guys. Okay, so it says, who is Brian Koberger? He was born on November 21st, 1994. Oh, my God. He's younger than us. Wait, I just said he was 28. (laughs) Obviously, he's younger. Right. Um, He finished, oh, in 2018, he finished an associate's degree in psychology at Northampton Community College, and then went on to complete a bachelor's degree at DeSalis University in 2020. Um, At the time of his arrest, studying PhD in criminology, and yep, teaching assistant at Washington State University. Only a 15-minute drive from Moscow, Idaho. So, I don't think they know, like, the motive yet. They haven't said anything.
1: Yeah. But, is he, like, cooperating
0: with I don't know. know. I I literally...
1: Yeah, it's basically like this they, guy they this gave guy, the release of the name and that's it. And they're bringing him back to Idaho. I'm sure we'll get more uh, My theory
0: soon. is I think he wanted to see
1: get away with murder.
0: That's just Possibly. like what came to mind. You're studying criminology. I'm sure there's a lot
1: that goes into it too, like a lot more. I'm sure, you has got some kind of like I, mental illness. Yeah. I, yeah, I or think. Not necessarily mental illness, but I, there might be some other psychology that goes into it, but.
0: No, I definitely
1: think he was trying to see if he could get away with
0: murder. That's just he my theory. He probably thought that he could. Yeah. And then I saw something, and you know that things can be, like, obviously Photoshop and the internet, but, like, I saw something that he liked, one of the Instagram pictures of, like, one of the victims, but I don't know how true that is, because you know how people falsify oh, yeah, stuff. But, I mean, he was not much older and not very far away. He could have known them, but yeah, I think he said he needs PhD. I think he was just trying to get away with it yeah but probably we'll see
1: we'll see we'll see um That's yeah so we'll weird. do
0: we'll do more information yeah on we'll that one i mean we can probably it comes do a whole up.
1: episode once everything kind of comes out
0: oh yeah definitely um but amanda's got a crazy case for us today i do um we're
1: gonna talk about aliens today guys yeah or something a little different rugrats aliens
0: Aliens, you fucking said that this morning and it brought me back. You like unlocked the core memories. Aliens, yep, Rugrats.
1: This is the best episode. Spikes, babies. Me this and Andrew actually episode.
0: like rewatched Rugrats like three years ago, like, not gonna lie. And we Pretty watched chill. the movies. Rugrats in Paris for
1: life.
0: Rugrats Such in Paris is way better than the first Rugrats See, movie. Honestly,
1: though, the whole story about Chucky's mom makes. Like,
0: Shut right. up. Every time they're on the plane and that song plays, uh, it
1: makes me cry. I'm literally... Rip out and just stomp on it. Yep.
0: Just run it over with your car. Yeah.
1: Yep. Throw it in the fucking Charles River. Yep. Chop it up. <laughs> like Tony Chop Chop. Yeah. There have been a couple of other... I know um, a couple people have sent those to us, but we're going to have to do uh, an update on our first episode because there have been a few more... Uh, things happening in the Charles River. Are we gonna do a
0: part two on that? Yeah. Oh my god. I, I think, think we're gonna have to. Have you seen the I've seen amount some. of things that have come up? Yeah, I've seen some. so I've... so let's let's look into that. Yeah. That. We'll Ooh. go back to you guys okay. on that. But
1: all right, Amanda, I I'm gonna this
0: stuff. I'm gonna let you take it away. Yeah, let's do it. Also before I let Amanda take us on this wonderful alien journey. Um did anyone notice that our audio sounds just, like, a little bit better? Yeah.
1: Like, a, like a lot. Bit, like, a
0: like lot. A lot, lot. Um, we
1: got a motherfucking soundboard. Yeah. I
0: mean, we had, like, some problems this morning getting it to work. We set it up. Oh, we yeah. did a little test. It was perfect. And then we sat down the record, and yeah. it was all, like, glitchy and, like, yeah, fast. it was just not fluppery. I right? was like, what the fuck? So, yeah. But, yeah, we, um... Some money got some equipment. We
1: upgraded, we upgraded we really it. Hope that it just improves the quality of the sound and just makes it you know easier for listening and more enjoyable and less like patchy and weird. I think Patches just looked up at you. I know she did. But my cat's name is Patches. We call her Patchy. We have a bunch of names for her Patchy the Pirate. Yep, also Patches a Hoolahan
0: from Dodgeball.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Patches um, a Houlahan. But anyway, okay, tell me about the aliens. Yes. So after 20 minutes of banter, we're so sorry, guys. We're going to actually get into it. I'm going to take Well, you we were
0: checking in. We took a week off. True. We love you guys. Okay. And you needed it. Well, I love you, Amanda. And I wanted to hear about your Christmas. I want to hear about your Christmas. Thank you. All right. I love you. And I
1: appreciate you. All right. Aliens. Go. Aliens. Sorry. Okay. So, it is September 19th, 1961. It's pretty late in the evening, and Betty and Barney Hill are driving on their They're on their way home from a romantic getaway to Niagara Falls in Ooh! Montreal. So I want to go there. I know, right? We should I've never been.
0: Go. I would love to go to
1: Canada. This year, let's get our passports. I need to get my passport let's anyway.
0: It. Let's do it. <laughs> For my honeymoon.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they were just north of Lincoln, New Hampshire in the Franconia-Notch State Park area. And that is when they first saw what they thought was, at first, Possibly a satellite. Okay. But as they continued on their way south towards their home in Portsmouth, they realized that it was very much not a satellite because it was following them. It also had really strange blinking lights on it. And the way it moved did not move like a satellite. You know, most satellites, they kind of go in like a straight path. This was zigzagging down the street okay. after them. So Betty and Barney were of weirded out by this and they just continued you know to kind of go down route three and keep an eye on it and as it got a little closer they noticed that it was actually a ufo
0: okay wait were they driving towards it was it behind them
1: following at first it was kind of like off to the side and then it started to come more in front of them okay all right so Barney was not convinced that it was a ufo despite. Betty's concern that she was like, no, something's definitely going on. Barney was definitely a more practical man. He was a military man. He, you know, he's a man of science. He yep. just thought very logically. Mm-hmm. Not that Betty wasn't. She was incredibly intelligent as well. But she definitely was a little more open to the idea that something else might have been going on. Yeah. But regardless, Barney was interested in what the hell this thing was anyway. So he actually stopped the vehicle around an area known as Indian Head. And he walked into a field with some binoculars to get a closer look at this aircraft. And in this area, there's actually a marker to this day. Like a little a okay. little marker with a plaque that says a little story about Betty and Barney. Really? We could drive. Through. We could go there. I mean, yeah. I live in New Hampshire. Oh, just wait. There's more things. I live on the right other on.
0: side of New Hampshire.
1: But it's okay. It's, It'd be a fun It's drive. a small state.
0: It's a small state.
1: But I'll show you where it is later. Okay. So... Barney said that the aircraft was actually hovering about two stories above his head. It was a long, flat, circular shape. It had wings that came out of either side with kind of colorful blinking lights. So a UFO? Yes. Okay. They actually <laughs> took, yeah, they A took classic them. UFO? A very classic flying saucer. Um, they did the drawings of what they remembered it looked like. So I'll post those on our Instagram and I'll show you them as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you're very classic, kind of like pancake shaped flying saucer with some little wings coming off the sides some blinking lights, and through the binoc- binoculars. binoculars. Sorry, binoculars. 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 it's still early. I'm only halfway through my macchiato, so bear with us. It's not even early. What am I talking about? It's 11. I just went to bed really early last night. Well, it's <laughs> New Year's, so anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, Barney was looking through the binoculars and he actually could see a large window on the flying saucer. And there were several beings on the flying beings. saucer. Beings.
0: They're not human. I
1: particularly use that word. Their skin was gray. They were completely hairless and they had large, dark eyes. That was really the only feature that you could so kind of an see. So, an alien. On their face. So, we got a flying saucer and some aliens. Yep. Some aliens. <laughs> yep. Like your classic. Yeah. Looking alien. And they all were wearing shiny black. Sneakers. Barney stated that they seemed to be looking right at him and conversing with one another on the ship. And he watched through the binoculars as a couple of the creatures walked away from the window. And that was at the point that through the binoculars he could see what looked like either a ladder or a, a ramp come down from the bottom of the aircraft mm-hmm. towards the ground. This is when he decided to run back to his car where Betty was yeah. and get in it and drive the hell away as fast as he could. Yeah. Which same dude, same.
0: I would have run away long before that, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten out of the car. I probably, I hate to you say would it, you I would I,
1: would, I would be that person because you're out of the you because that I'd be like, oh my god, what's happening? I gotta look at that.
0: Yeah, I'll, that I'll be how, right here when you get back. How I get, get taken.
1: Back. That's that is how I get. Anyway, so Betty was waiting, and she was also watching what was happening. Now, she couldn't see as much as Barney could see because, obviously, she wasn't looking through binoculars, but she could see the aircraft, and she described it exactly the same, same typical flying saucer. And they, Barney got back to the car. He started driving off. He told Betty, keep an eye out for it. Make sure, like, see if it's following us. And they started driving south, continuing to try to go to their home. It was probably a few minutes after they got in the car and started driving that they were both suddenly overwhelmed by this weird vibration and incredibly loud sound in their vehicle. Barney described it as if someone had taken like a giant tuning fork. I don't know if you've ever seen those and like whacked it and then held it right up against their head. If that, like, if that kind I've never of helps it happen to me, it. but okay. Well, you've you've heard a tuning fork, yeah, it and it kind of does that, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, like so that kind of sensation, but just like right. times yeah. ten, okay. like in the car, yes, all around them, and they both actually kind of went into like a dreamlike state and lost consciousness
0: as he's driving,
1: as they're driving. Oh, great. it felt to them like it was only a few minutes. And then they kind of came back too, like they just kind of lost like all like their senses, and then came back. You know, have you ever had like that where you're like, I don't know if you've ever like almost kind of like mini like fainted? Like you. Like, oh, kinda, I have like, fainted. I remember yeah. your sister was there. But like Lindsay, you remember that? Yeah. Or have you ever <laughs> closed your eyes and thought it was only like a, a couple seconds, and then you wake up and you realize it was a little bit longer Hours. than that? Yeah. yeah. So with something like that, they closed their eyes a little bit. They kind of felt like they went into this dreamlike state them and that moment it only felt like it was a couple minutes but when they came to they actually realized that it had been a little over two hours and they had actually traveled 35 miles from the last place that they remember being so scary which is just terrifying the rest of their ride home was completely silent they just kind of just drove home
0: uh, they and both shot... did. They, did when they woke up. Was, were they like parked somewhere?
1: Nope. They were just still
0: driving. Driving. Oh shit.
1: Yeah. Um. So they felt really contaminated and like dirty. Like something terrible had happened to them. They just didn't feel right. Their watches had actually stopped working that they were both wearing. Uh, Betty's new dress that she had just gotten was actually torn, and was also covered in a weird kind of powdery pink dust that was all over her. She had no idea what it was. Barney's best shoes that he had were completely scuffed all over the top of them and ruined as he'd been running. I hate that feeling. And the trunk of their car, they noticed when they got home and parked, had these weird, strange, circular, like, little dots in this strange pattern all over the top of the trunk. So weird, like, like burn holes or just like it looked like someone had almost kind of like buffed it to the point where it was like they took all the paint off and it was just a shiny little circle and neither Betty or Barney could remember what had happened to them within that two hours
0: I feel like that's how a lot of alien abduction stories
1: go oh yeah this is and this is actually the First track time re, like actually reported okay abduction there had been ufo sightings i'm sorry I mean, what year was this this yeah. was 61 okay so oh, like shit. for example like roswell like the big ufo crash that everyone talks about that the like government says was just a weather balloon um that was in 47 1947 so there have been like ufo sightings constantly but this was the first time that two people came forward and Said that they had lost a certain period of time. They had seen this craft, and they actually go to. I mean, we're gonna get further into their story, but they go to a um, a therapist who works with uh, regressive hypnotherapy, and they try to retract those memories that have been kind of blocked. That's insane. Yes, I want to hear all about it. Which is also the first time that somebody has gone under hypnosis to retrieve memories of. An alien abduction. Spooky! So, they, like I said, they have really no idea what had happened. And they really didn't know what that strange noise was. They were very confused as to how they kind of lost, like, two hours of time and had traveled, like, over 30 miles without remembering it. Just 30 miles in
0: two hours? I feel like you travel a lot further than that. Yeah. I mean, I drove two hours to get here, and it's a lot further
1: than 35 miles away. Exactly. Maybe they were driving, like, really slow or something. It might have been. I mean, it was also the middle of the night, because at this point when they came to, it was the following day, like, September 20th, so it was very late at night when this happened. They got home way later than they expected to from their trip to Montreal, Mm -hmm. but it it was very strange. So in the days following the incident, Betty actually began to have really vivid nightmares of being abducted. And she had talked to a few friends because she was concerned of possible radiation exposure from the aircraft that they saw or anything like that. Because they both knew they saw that aircraft. Regardless of what had happened within those two hours, they knew that they saw something in the sky following them that night. Barney was still not convinced it was a UFO. He was still trying to, you know, as most people do, to logically rationalize it. But he still wasn't 100% convinced that it was, you know, like a satellite or an airplane or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Couldn't really explain what had happened. But he wasn't. Betty was like, I think it we was. We got UFO. abducted by aliens. Pretty That's much what happened. Pretty much. So in the days following, like I said, she started having vivid nightmares of being abducted by aliens, having the car surrounded by them, and being carried through the woods to the aircraft. So the question still really remains to this day what really happened to Betty and Barney Hill. We're not entirely sure. But before we dive further into their abduction story, let's go into a little bit of background. So Barney Hill Jr. was born July 20th, 1922 in Newport News, West Virginia. Barney was actually incredibly intelligent. He had an IQ of like a little over 140 and average is considered like anywhere between 85 and 150, for oh, like an average adult. So yeah. he was so very smart. He was above, very above average. And he wanted to go to college for engineering, but unfortunately he was told that he would never be allowed. go to a university due to his race he was african-american so he was they would no college was going to accept him which is just fucking crazy to think about it is crazy to think about but horrible that we that that's just how it happened and it wasn't that long ago super shitty no and it really wasn't that long ago and i do want to mention i'll mention it again but um betty was actually white they were one of the first interracial couples in new hampshire okay They were very, and they were very involved in civil rights, Yeah, which is super cool. And they just, they really led interesting lives. They really were cool people. So fortunately, he couldn't go to college. So he joined in the army just before the start of World War II. He was a truck driver and an expert marksman. Eventually, he was injured and honorably discharged. And at that point, he got a job with the U.S. Postal Service. It's, like, still a really good job, though. Yeah, like absolutely. A government job. He did have a wife and two sons prior to meeting Betty, but his first marriage did not last long. They actually eventually got divorced. It was after the divorce that he began to grow closer to Betty. He'd actually met her when he was still married mm-hmm. uh, through friends yep. in Hampton Beach, New Hampshire. So he would go up there for the summer, and through those friends, he had met Betty. And eventually, it just kind of blossomed into a relationship. So Eunice Elizabeth Barrett, who went by Betty, which, I like Eunice a lot. Better. I love that Eunice anyway. Elizabeth just sounds so sweet. I, like I it. love that. But uh, she was born July 28, nineteen nineteen, and she was a graduate from the University of New Hampshire. They actually, the University of New Hampshire had a ton of information on them, and uh, they like had pretty much like a huge archive with like a bunch of letters, all of like the recordings of their hypnosis therapy because okay. it was all recorded. And it's in some of the documentaries that I watched, so you got to hear like clips of them, you know, recanting what happened to them, their experience. But she actually worked as a social worker for the state of New Hampshire, focusing on child welfare and adoption cases. Okay. I thought was super sweet. She was an active member of her local Unitarian church Mm -hmm. and was just like overall a big sweetheart. Yeah. Sounds like it. And Betty and Barney were both members of the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And like I said before, they were incredibly active in the civil rights movement. They were one of the first married interracial couples couples.
0: Couples.
1: couples guys. It's okay.
0: Words are hard.
1: We know this. <laughs> Struggles. I botch Struggling. every case I read. But they, you know, they lived in a... Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which also was actually one of the oldest settlements in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't. I know Portsmouth Portsmouth is, like, really pretty, though. Yeah, and it's also one of the only seaports, which I thought was really cool. And after their experience in the White Mountains, Betty was determined to find answers as to what the hell happened to them. Like I said before, Barney was a little bit more of a skeptic. He kind of just wanted to ignore it, kind of chalked it up to, like, some weird amnesia, maybe sleep deprivation, you know, ride in late, have you ever done? I always call it autopilot. You yeah. know when you're like super tired and, and you're like, like, how the fuck home. did I get home? Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, like I don't even remember half that drive. Yeah, like, I just call it autopilot. So yeah, kind of no, was me like, too. yeah, yeah. He was like, it was probably just that, like no yeah. big deal. Like he was very, which you know, was a reasonable explanation. Yeah. but you also saw fucking flying saucer. Dude. so like, let's and your just, car yeah. was all fucked up. Yeah, let's just like, you know, there was a lot of things that they that he couldn't ignore. And he still couldn't explain, like, the loss of memories. And, like, the the gap of two hours was still really strange to him. And ten days after the encounter, it was around ten days, Betty started having those super serious nightmares. And Barney was also not really doing well. So they actually were recommended to a friend to talk about the UFO incident with officials at the Pease Air Force Base, which is, like, just outside of Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. And I guess the police in the area had been told that if anybody had any UFO sightings, they were supposed to report them to the Air Force Base, likely because they probably owned the airspace in the area. So if any strange things were flying around, they might have been like, oh, yeah, we were testing, you know, this or that. Yeah. Or they didn't know what it was. And at first, they didn't seem super interested in the Hill's experience as like the guy who was you know taking the report in until Barney began describing what he saw the aircraft look like up close and I mean Barney was a military man so that's another reason why he did get out of the car and kind of be like I want to see what this thing is because he was intrigued by it and that was when the guy kind of seemed to perk up and was really interested in taking the full report. And the next day, the Hills actually received a call from Captain Paul Henderson, who was the head of the Air Force Base. He wanted to interview both Barney and Betty personally. Because he was like, they they saw something So it was then that Barney and Betty discovered that the air traffic control had also seen a similar-shaped aircraft on their radar around 2.14 in the morning that same evening. which that is some pretty substantial fucking shit. Oh, yeah. For like a radar at a military air force base to see that. But the air traffic control radar was unable to identify what it was. And the base knew that they did not have any crafts that were scheduled to be in that area during that evening. So they were intrigued by their experience. And they decided to kind of, you know, take take the report. And like I said, Captain Paul Henderson interviewed both of them. So Betty was super intrigued by their experience and the fact that she now had government officials also saying that they saw an unidentified flying object during that time. She started doing a little research herself in UFOs. She ended up picking up the book, The Flying Saucer Conspiracy that was written by Major Donald Kehoe. He was a well-known marrier and pioneer in military aviation. He had actually written, written. he had actually wrote several books on UFOs and different things of that, that subject. In a late September, Betty wrote a letter to Major Kehoe explaining her and Barney's experience, the loss of time, the events, and the nightmares that she had been having following that and it wasn't long before the major actually wrote back requesting to interview both of them in person. He wanted to interview Betty individually, Barney individually, and then in, interview both of them together. So he basically, he just wanted to see if their recollection matched when their stories were told separately. You know, do a little more investigating into it. And as the months went on, Betty and Barney continued to try and figure out what happened. When they went and saw Major Kehoe, he, interviewed both of them, and their experiences matched down to the last detail, which was pretty intriguing to him. He believed that they were 100% telling the truth, and he thought that they really did see a saucer, and that something happened to them that night. Eventually, they were encouraged to see a psychiatrist in Boston. Betty um, Betty really just wanted to know what happened to them, and Barney was having some health problems. And uh, they had actually found an ulcer in his head. Oh, right. so. They Wait, an ulcer to... in your head? In his brain, yeah. You can have a brain ulcer? yeah. Okay. At least that's what they said. Okay. Anyway. In the research, I found. Okay. It could be wrong. Something in his brain. But he was having issues, and they wanted him to go see this psychiatrist, who was actually also a renowned specialist in regressive hypnotherapy. He had been using it to help veterans of World War II who were struggling with PTSD. to kind of work through difficult memories. So, I thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, they were, he was helping out World War II veterans. So, party and Betty went to Boston to go see him. And Dr. Simon basically continued to have sessions with them over a period of months. And these sessions were recorded. And they just really went there in hopes to recover the memories that they had lost. What ended up happening was pretty intense. They both, uh, They both had really, really weird abduction stories. So Barney's session, like with most hypnotherapy sessions, even under hypnosis, Barney was reluctant to kind of break through that mental block that he had created that night. He remembered being in the field, looking at the aircraft, seeing the beings, and just like feeling really, really scared and wanting to run back to the car. But everything after that was just kind of black. And you can hear him in the recording. He was super emotional as he was recanting all of this and just kind of going through everything. And he just, like, it was like you could tell he was terrified, which was really just sad. He was, like, crying. He was screaming. He was insanely emotional during the entire thing. Eventually, Dr. Simon broke through the mental block, And Barney began to explain the events. He remembered running back to the car. And Betty was, like I said before, she was keeping lookout as they kind of sped off. After a few miles, Barney suddenly got the urge to take a turn off of the main roads and into the woods.
0: Well, yeah, I kind of tried to get them off their tail, I
1: guess. He said it felt like something else was compelling him.
0: Like pulling him? Yeah.
1: And he took a sharp turn off of Route 3 and headed down a dirt road. They were only a couple miles away from the field that they had seen the craft in, so they weren't really that far enough away to kind of sneak off and hide in the woods. And as they headed down the dirt road, they actually saw the same gray beings that Barney saw in the aircraft standing in the middle of the road. And there was a, That's so spooky. a giant fiery orb hovering in the sky oh above God. them. That's what he said, a, a large, bright, fiery orb. in the sky hovering above them. Betty and Barney were escorted out of their car and through the woods by these beings. The entire time he was explaining this, he said as if it was like somebody else was controlling his body, so he wasn't really like willingly doing it, he just kind of was being like pulled in that direction. And once Betty and Barney were on the ship, they were told that they were just going to do a series of tests, and then that they would be brought back to their car, but neither of them, both of them in their uh, sessions, they said that they didn't feel like that was the truth. Um, They were both separated at that point, and then both of them individually during their sessions described having strange physical exams done to them. Barney said that they were particularly interested in his muscle and skeletal structure and his skin. He also said that they took a semen sample. Yes. Oh, my God. He said he remembered something being placed on, um, like, a cup placed on his, like, groin area. And this was the first time that this has ever happened, which I thought was, was crazy. Um, He also uh, was the first person to say that he thought he was probed. He said he felt an anal probing. Okay. The Eric first Cartman. person to be probed by an alien. All right, Health Park episode number one. And Betty said that they were really interested in her skin as well as her hands and feet. And they actually took skin samples from her. She vividly described having a large needle painfully inserted into like her stomach right around like her navel. Oh my God. And she also recalled the three beings showing her a three-dimensional map of the stars that they used to navigate their way through space oh my god and she actually recreated this map so betty like she had conversations with the aliens it was really interesting like uh her like bits of her interviews that i heard she uh because like even when they put the needle in her she asked like why they were doing this they said it was a form of a pregnancy test which she didn't believe that it was Um, she, and then like the reason why they they showed her English. Yeah, apparently. At least when she asked questions, they spoke English to her. She was able to understand what they were saying
0: or saying to her. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, when she asked where they came from, this is when they showed her the three dimensional map and they actually pointed and were like, this is you to a point on the map. And then they pointed to another spot and were like, this is us. And she did redraw that map, and um, there are pictures of it. So I'll post those with like the Instagram post yeah, as well. Yeah, I want to see those. Um, I think I still have to make a post for our last episode too. I've been like, it's, it's okay so it was Christmas, nuts with the holidays. Yeah, also I'm baking my ass off, with all the parties and stuff. So she's yeah. been a No one's mad. No, mad. I will, I will update everything. I promise you guys, I'll do it today. So, like I said, Betty recreated this map that does come up. Later. Um, but basically when they interviewed her, they just or when she went through the sessions, they wanted to keep it as records for her experience. Both Barney and Betty recalled being escorted back to the car from the woods. And then once they were back in the car, Barney just drove off from the dirt road back onto the main road. And once they were on the main road, that's when they just they kept driving. It was a little bit after that they came to it, but they just kept going. They just kept going south and just continued on their route that they were originally going on. So despite having government officials and scientists who truly believed the Hills like beforehand, like uh, the people at these Air Force Base and Major Kehoe, they really believed the Hills' experience. Dr. Simon's official theory on what happened to the couple, the psychiatrist in Boston who they went to see, Uh, He wasn't sure that they were abducted. He actually believed that it was a type of transference, which is like a weird psychological phenomena. Um, Basically, he assumed that Betty's vivid nightmares of that night had basically consumed her day to day life. And the fact that she kept bringing it up and talking about it so often, her feelings of that and the memories that she kind of created from her nightmares had transferred to Barney and they were sharing those experiences. Doubtful. Which, I mean, I guess it is like a, it is a thing that can happen. Um, there's I guess it like depends a, on what kind of person you are, yeah, but Barney like doesn't seem like that kind of person. It, but it usually happens in like a different setting, like, you know, like almost kind of like a shared psychosis amongst, amongst like a small like community and stuff like that. Okay. Um, that's kind of more where it's seen. I mean, it can happen in like really close-knit families and stuff like that. Um, there's a family that I love to talk about that people think that happened to and they like all panicked and just like left their house in the middle of the day and all like drove off in weird directions and disappeared for like a week and then came back. And they were all like, oh, I don't know Where what did happened. that happen? Uh, it was in uh, somewhere on the East Coast. I want to say like Maryland, DC, somewhere down in that Crazy. area um I the, hear about the name that. of the family is escaping me but i saw i watched like a youtube video on it i don't know if it was kendall ray or bailey Sarian, savannah one of those girls one of them one of those true crime girls on youtube yeah
0: well, we should do a branch out case out of new yeah. england soon anyway but
1: basically he thought that it was like a shared psychosis that they were like they were just you know they, she had these Weird nightmares because they saw a satellite that they thought was a UFO. He all thought that it was just, you know, imagination kind of overworking itself. Barney and Betty were not super convinced on that. Barney was actually really kind of emotionally distraught after going through those sessions. He kind of wanted to just put it all behind him. Because going through that, you like relive it. Yeah. And he really just wanted to forget about it and put it all behind him. Betty, on the other hand, was a little bit more... she wanted to kind of continue and figure out what happened to them why did it happen to them you know what's what's like why which i get. i would probably be like that too so they went back to new hampshire kind of having more questions and answers but at least now they had the recollection of what they think happened to them in those two hours which I totally believe there's aliens. Oh there. yeah, me too. Well, Absolutely, definitely. aliens are real. But like I said, Barney on the other hand really didn't feel like it was a good idea to kind of go further with it or talk about it or go public with it, um, which I t- I do understand. It was also the '60s. You know, he's dealing with a systemic advantage of being an African American in the 1960s and like, 1960s. And even though it's you know the the North, like it's New Hampshire, like let's fucking face it, like systemic racism is still a thing. All over. Oh, everywhere. You know, it's everywhere. Everywhere. It never it never disappeared. It was never just in the south. You know, it was everywhere. So he really had to like, you know, he had to be careful with that, you know. He was a well respected member of the community. He was a big, you know, at least in New Hampshire, he had a lot to do with the civil rights movement. You know, he was a member of the NAACP. So he was concerned that coming out as saying, like, aliens abducted me. Uh, was gonna Yeah, was going to tarnish, like, you know, his credibility or, you know, make him seem like he was not, you know, was an intelligent person like he truly was. Which I, I can't blame him for that. Like, I can't imagine what he was trying to deal with as a, an African-American in the 60s. Like, that's fucking terrible as it is. Like, I, so, you know, I just, I can see why he was less apt to want to, like, Talk about it so freely with friends and like discuss it with a bunch of people. But unfortunately, he didn't really, you know, get to keep it a secret for very long because in 1965, a newspaper called the Boston Traveler actually released a five part series detailing the Hill's experience. And this article was actually written against their will. Mm-hmm. They had actually declined to do an interview with the author of the article, uh, like a year or two prior. However, a friend of the couple had disclosed a bunch of in- a bunch of information, and they also somehow got copies of the recordings. So they had a lot of information, yeah, and it was enough for them to, you know, write an expose on them and their abduction story. And this was huge as it was the first time in the United States that someone had actually not only, you know, I mean, people had seen UFOs for years, but this was the first time that somebody thought that they had been abducted, that they had, you know, the missing time, the missing memories, they went to hypnotherapy. It was, it was a big story. And now that the cat was out of the bag, Barney and Betty's experience began to get a lot of public publicity. In that same year, they decided to just, you know, might as well just roll with it. And they actually started working on a book about their experience with author John Fuller. The book was titled An Interrupted Journey. It was released in 1966. It's still in print to this day. You can get it on Amazon for pretty cheap, actually. Definitely want to buy it. And um, obviously, like with any abduction experience, there was a ton of people who thought it was all a hoax and like they were just doing this to like get money or get their 15 minutes of fame. But like I guess before, Barney didn't even want to do this. He didn't want to come out publicly and talk about this. And they both had jobs. Like, Barney still worked for the Postal Service. Betty still worked as a social worker. Like, they were just living their lives in New Hampshire. You know, having, you know, having a ball, just vibing. They really didn't need, like, they didn't need money or need to have, like, a, you know, a 15 minute of fame moment. Yeah, so, it was more I don't like really, yeah. happened to us. And yeah, exactly. And they wanted to know. share their experience. Like, yeah. They were two very intelligent people, you know, just lived average lives and some weird shit happened to them. And they wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Like normal. that's <laughs> Yeah, normal. Fucking normal. So Barney, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 46 in 1969. No. Betty passed away in 2005. Five, but up until her death she continued to speak about her experience and just continued to really be active in like you know almost like the ufo community but just you know the ufo community yeah so for, the, the, for the lack of the a better year, term, term it's the ufo she, community you know she still she she did a lot of like speaking about it she worked with a lot of scientists you know she was still pretty pretty interested in figuring out like she always just kind of questioned like why did this happen to us so yeah. she just was always searching for that answer well
0: it's crazy because like the bridgewater triangle like the bennington triangle vermont like it's i mean i get new england's kind of congested in some areas but yeah there's a lot of like rural areas especially like
1: new hampshire like the mountains like the Franklin notch state park like that area where they first like saw the ufo and it started following them like that is that's like a really you know
0: Yeah, same with where I live. Like there's no post home service. There's nothing happening. There's no stores. Nothing going on. Yeah, just a lot of trees. trees.
1: (laughs) A lot of trees and a lot of trails. Yeah. Um. So in 1968, a professor at Ohio University found similarities in the star map that Betty created with a cluster of stars um, at the edge of our solar system. So these guys were probably from a different solar system. So we're not entirely sure. Some people say that it doesn't resemble it at all some people say it does but you know one professor did a lot of research and she said that out of all of the like clusters of stars in our solar system that was the one that looked closest to what the drawn, she yeah. yeah like what she had but drawn. also
0: yeah we don't know like if betty's memory was exact either exactly or so like
1: hypnotherapy is a very you know it, it's a pretty gray area yeah as far as like like the memories that are recalled during them you know we're still the brain is a really confusing place and yeah. we still I like barely know anything this, about though. it i think that but i think it's pretty cool yeah you never know able
0: to bring all that back from the hypnotherapy. they actually looked into it you know
1: yeah but I mean, so it's pretty cool that they thought that you know they may have found where they came from, and it has been said that like that area there is known to possibly have like exoplanets, which is like basically what they consider a planet that might possibly be able to like contain life. I guess
0: we're not the only life force out there. Oh my, like, we're so we're naive, naive. If you to think, think that, yeah, if
1: you're if you think we are the only like intelligent beings out there, you're, you're selfish and inti-
0: naive you're not that intelligent <laughs> nope out of all the like we are just one solar system and like we know there's more than one. Oh yeah and there's multiple planets multiple so solar- like there is an alternate universe like there is an
1: alternate universe where like you are on another planet somewhere you even- i it could be multiverse you never know yeah so Since the Hill's experience that September night, there have been thousands of UFO sightings reported in the state of New Hampshire, especially in the White Mountains, including a widely publicized incident in Exeter, New Hampshire that was in 1965. It was an 18-year-old named Norman Musarello. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I think that's right. He was hitchhiking home when he saw a large saucer-shaped craft with red and white flashing lights hovering over him. Panicked, Norman flagged down a car and was taken straight to the police station where he reported the sighting. Police kind of thought that it was likely just a kid kind of messing around at first until they started to get more calls. And even an officer thought that he saw what looked like a flying saucer hovering over a farm in Exeter. And there were several UFO sightings reported that night, including a woman who claimed to see it in her car and it started following her as she was driving home. Sounds kind of familiar, right? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. So from the 60s to now, like I said, there's been hundreds and hundreds of reports here and in the U.S., but it's pretty cool that now you know the first at least publicly reported alien abduction. You never know. I'm sure there's been more that people just haven't come forward with, possibly, but it happened right here in New England. And to end things on a lighter note, I thought this was super cool, and you're going to be so excited because it's going to be our new, like, September adventure every year. Um, in Exeter, New Hampshire, every year, there is a UFO festival.
0: I'm trying to find my phone right now so I can
1: <laughs> look up where the fuck Exeter, New
0: Hampshire is.
1: But we are going.
0: When is it? It September? is in September.
1: It's usually September 3rd or 4th. Because, uh, September 3rd is the night that the Exeter incident, as it's called, happened. Which I thought was cool that we have Exeter, New Hampshire, when I, my last case was, um, Exeter, Rhode Island. Oh, it's like right over the state
0: line past like, Lawrence, Mass. Oh, that's so not it's. Bad. Yeah, no. That's like but on yeah. the other side. UFO of the state, Festival in September? We're going. We're going. Um, if you want to meet us there, we'll be there. Yeah, we
1: will fucking be there. Should we dress up as aliens? Oh my God, we should dress up as aliens. Uh, yeah. Aliens. That would be so
0: much fun. All right put on your but, calendar
1: because I, I think i want to go yes no oh my we're god good. We're
0: that'd be so this. cool we're gonna do this well thank you for so that that was, it. That I was awesome enjoyed it. i enjoyed I'm
1: it super into like alien abductions and like ufo stories so i'm definitely gonna do some more if you guys are cool with that Oh, all yeah. about mystery and weird shit yeah i promise i have some murder cases coming up i'm gonna do it's all right uh, I,
0: I have a couple murders on my end so i've, I've got the murder department
1: covered if you want to keep doing Whatever. Yeah, I have another little fun thing coming up in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about Edgar Allen Poe. But his yes. birthday is in January. Dude lived a weird-ass life. That's all I'm going to say right now. Yeah, There's yeah, some no other things it. I want to say, but I don't know if anyone knows about like Poe's life, but mm. it's fucking weird, and his death is even weirder. So we're going to talk all about him and his sad, drunk Capricorn self. Oh, God. He Amen. is a male Capricorn, oh, and we'll just we'll get into it during this. We won't say anything about Capricorn (laughs) men, but Capricorn women, goddesses.
0: Capricorn men, gutter trash. (laughs) No, I'm
1: just kidding. So sorry to any caps out
0: there. I
1: love your episode. I love the research. And I want to hear about all the
0: alien abductions in New England.
1: Yes, we're going to go over all of them.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it. That is it. We'll see
1: you guys on the next one. And I hope you stay spooky. Stay scary. And and stay stay safe. safe. Bye.